0: Yo, Lawrence. What's up, Alex Lambert? I think that's... I'm usually serving tea, right?
1: You certainly usually are. What are you doing? I got this brand new jacket from Lost Tribe. You know, the stored zest. And yes. I thought that this is a good opportunity for me to take advantage and sit... I just wanted to sit in the middle.
0: Okay, well, looks good on you, bro. This and the tea serving. Yeah, one thing I didn't... I didn't so, consider this. Thank you. You do. You go. I you didn't.
1: Go. I will. I am. I'm going to take this off though. Okay. Just because oh, yeah. it's beautiful and it's it just right close to the tea. It's really
0: warm. And, and I love the clothes they make here, but I also love when you take off clothes. So that's so good. Thank you, Stephanie. Awesome. So you're the tea server today. What are we drinking, bro?
1: Today we are drinking something called show Puer. It's from the 90s. Mm. Um, it is the cooked Puer. I don't know much more about it, but I do know this. It's tasty, it's yummy, and I'd love to pour you some.
0: Yes, please. So I, I usually take on that role, but you've done tea school with me, and as people can see you have like some skills there.
1: Yeah, and I'm working on it. So welcome to Ubud on Tea, the number one podcast in Ubud. This is my inaugural serving ceremony, at least on camera. Don't forget, please, to share the episodes that you enjoy, and follow us, subscribe on YouTube, on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Spotify, mm-hmm. and if you, use, if you still use Apple Podcasts, do that too. Who does? Yeah. Somebody must.
0: Mm. Well, thank you for that tea, and so you got also into tea, which has been more and more present in the Ubudian culture. Did you just call it Ubudian culture,
1: Alex? That seems like it might be cultural appropriation.
2: Hmm.
0: Do you think we'll be Alright, I've been here for three years, bro.
1: I used to live in Chang'e, and I definitely was not Chang'ean. Mm. And where I feel most home, and I've lived, look, I've lived in Hong Kong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not a Hong Konger. Or you know what they call the Hong Kongers? No. Honkies. Really? Yeah. That's a funny name. I have lived in Moscow and in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. I've lived in many places. I've lived in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But I've never in my life felt so at home like I feel in Ubud. Mm. So there's a part of me so deeply inside that wants to scream from the rooftops that I am! But I'm not going to say it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have the same, bro. I feel really at home here, and I know a lot of expats, slash, bullies, slash, immigrants here. Really, the ones who stay a few years I really feel like like that that homie feeling. I don't know if it's like how nice the locals are, if it's the connection to nature, the energy and the spirituality that Bali has. And I'm like, I'm also like, I want to be an Ubudian, but. It's true when we call this Ubudan tea. That's actually something we had in mind. We're like, well, we call it Ubudan tea, and when we say Ubud, we know we mainly mean a community where there was mainly expats, was mainly Westerners, and that of course Ubud is mainly (laughs) Balinese it's the locals, the people who have been growing up here, and so I think. Yeah, it was it was a little bit edgy to call it Ubud on tea. On the other hand, we don't want to overthink it. We drink tea in Ubud and we live in Ubud. Wait a second, I have a question. Like, because I don't, I, I didn't even consider it being edgy. Nobody goes to Kamau, their. Kamau told us he didn't want Ubud that's in true. The title Come, that's because true. Because he felt it was a bit appropriation, which has a point. Well, look, I not 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 to bring up like the
1: meme Instagram page Ubud on. We'll call them LSD. But nobody's ever said to them like, hey guys, you guys aren't from Ubud. Cause mm. they're like obviously a satire page making fun of people, right? Mm. Because we sit here and we're like somewhat taking ourselves seriously or at least trying to have conversations yeah. that are like deep and real at times. Um, I have heard people be like, <clears throat> <clears throat> And I take it seriously. And I think that you take it seriously. Yeah. Um, to an extent, we know what we're doing. We're here to, to highlight the culture of the expats, the people, the weirdos like you and I, mm. that have come here and finally found a place on this amazing realm earth where we feel at home. Mm. And at the same time, I think that we are gonna to speak to that finally yeah. by bringing the guest that we have yeah. in today.
0: And, and, and actually, it's a really good point. There's a lot of things I love about Bali and one of it is the locals, the, how welcoming they are and nice and, and inspiring. And at the same time, there is definitely a bit of a split. So personally, I've been, as I'm feeling I'm settling more here, yeah. I've started learning Basa Indonesia, so the language nice. of Indonesia and being more conscious about trying to integrate more with the local culture and learn from them. So that's why I'm excited about today's guest.
1: Me too, me too. Nama saya Lawrence, saya dari Canada, that's my bahasa.
0: Bahasa Indonesia anda uh, bagus?
1: Ah, um, great, thank you. (laughs) Here we go, that is horrible and I apologize to everybody who's watching at home. I am going to introduce our first guest. This man is actually partly responsible, he might be fully responsible for the fact that we're here
0: and he's the perfect person to have this conversation with. There isn't
1: perfect er.
0: I feel like I'm you right now speaking like this. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> let's introduce the guest and get the attention off of your tea server. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, his first name is Kadek, which means he's the second born. His last name is Gunarta. <laughs>
0: yo sit down let's dig into your spiritual ego think you're looking fly white linen kimono got your yoni egg in i think you're ready yeah it's time for ubudan tea
1: kadek please get over here my man it's really a pleasure and an honor to have you here i uh, i hope that you enjoy our our banter <laughs>
0: thank you
2: thank you
1: well i'm gonna pour you some tea but before i do pour you some tea i need to take care of business welcome thank you so what i was about to say and then we brought you on was that there might not be a man that's more responsible for us being
3: here (laughs) well i'm not immigration (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> if i give, give you 200k <laughs> um
1: but it's true i mean some of the things that you've created have been a magnet of bringing in expats into bali would you agree with that
3: uh i don't think it's me i think we have a really good team you know, we have uh, started something if this is something like for example if you grow your garden, I just happen to be at the spot and then I find the seedling and I put the seedling down. And then I have crew, really good crew, who could take care of the seedling until it it's grow well. So, we have a lot of really good team who stick around, who believe in us and who dedicated and very smart. And they are the ones who basically grow it out until we all, you know, today, here, they are talking of a tea.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, Kadak. K- just as a quick intro so you're the owner founder uh or with your partner megan of Yoga yogaban cafe and yeah. other businesses in ubud yeah we and we. and just like i know a lot of us in the community we love going to yoga band for yoga <laughs> for many you. events but especially the ecstatic dance and especially the sunday one so i think that's Thank also you. in that regard yeah. that Lawrence said you were responsible for more bullets here because i know personally uh That's one thing I really enjoy and made me stay
3: here. Well, just to be honest, you know, like we never know it's going to go that that fast and that big Mm. Mm. because uh, we just feel like, you know, we want to do little thing, which basically how we could inspire people. And we used to do handicraft before. You know, I met my wife when she was an exchange student. Mm. Uh, She was uh, joining the program called SIT. What is that? School for International Training, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of like uh, the student on their BA, the last time on their BA, they do field studies and so they came to Bali and they learned about culture, languages and herb about tourism, all of that. And I met her and then uh, short, make it short and then we just decided to do things together. And then uh, the first thing in mind basically that because she have this background from the artisan point of view and then she want to create frame, picture frame
2: mm.
3: from woman to woman. That's called Global Frame. So we export frame pictures from here. Mm. We sell it to Urban Art We sell it to Neiman markers. All wow. of that stuff. Yeah. And, and so we did it quite long until later on, the handicraft is kind of booming. And then China coming uh, to the market, Thailand coming to the market, India coming to the market, the price is down. You know, when they're asking for a lot of big production, Bali is not the place for big mm. production, mm. much more kin- kind of into art. So then the crisis hit the country, collapse, 98th, what
1: year was that? Ninety eight, And that was when there was the terrorist bombing, right? No, there was this is different. Different. the this terrorist
3: bombing, 2000. Yeah. So what was the crisis? The, cri- the economic crisis, global economic oh, crisis. Yeah. You know, when what the is. dollar was like the rupiah mm-hmm. crash yeah. from 7,500 in one day, all the way to 14,000.
0: Do you think that might happen again? I in
3: November? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it could be. You know, we never. We never. But the global thing right now is really hard. You know, whatever yeah. happening at the other side, by a second it's just gonna come to the other side of the world. But uh, then we experienced that. We experienced uh, Bali yeah. Tourism was dead, yeah. and then uh, we just both thinking how how we could turning this opportunity as a turning point, bringing a fresh air to Bali tourism. Mm. You know, which rooted on the Balinese culture, which rooted with the natures and all of that stuff. Because a lot of
0: the tourism in Bali has been, at least in my opinion, uh, living in Australia a lot and seeing Australians coming here to Kuta or Seminyak, drinking a lot, a lot of parties. So what I also really appreciate with things like the yoga ban is, I feel it's a more conscious, healthy way to celebrate.
3: I think... each of them, they have good and bad side of it, you know. Mm. Like before, when we built tourism, I think this policy from the government basically. But I would call it quantity tourism. Mm. How we could get more tourists, so we get more money.
2: Mm.
3: Uh, so we always catching up with numbers of tourists who come to Bali. You know, ended up what we call it triple S tourism: sea, sun, and surf. <laughs> sea, so sun, and surf. Sea, sun, and surf. So this, they go to the beach. You know, like watching the sunset and then after that go surfing and then in the night go to the bar but in bali is also in the same way. the strength of bali tourism as far as i know since 1920 it was promoted as a cultural tourism in Mm. terms of the traditions the local culture the local cultures because you know we decolonized by the dutch for 350 years Mm. And Bali has never been decolonized because Bali is just kind of a-, a leisure time for them. They come to Bali to see what's going on. So in the beginning of it, Bali was introduced to the world because of their daily lifestyle, because of their cultures, because their spiritual practice. Well, this is, this is the strength of it. And then when the tourism booming and this is kind of move you know, a little bit, it's still a concept of cultural tourism, but then Bali is so, so opened. Everybody could do anything over here, right? And then uh, so later on, it just we have too many, too many tourists. A lot of tourists come in, but then we kind of in the cultures, mm-hmm. right? So as kind of move from its original spirit, which is cultural, spiritual, you know, like uh, nature's, and then move to man tourism. Mm-hmm. Go to the bar, yeah. go to uh, you know other excitement.
1: I, I have so many questions for you. I want to guide you back to Megan for a second, yeah. Just because you guys had a business right off the beginning, like the frames that you're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Is your I, I'm I'm a fan of relationship in general. <laughs> is 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 your relationship based on business or on creation? Because like you went from frames. At some point, it became cafe and yoga barn, which are like two of the biggest
3: flagships of Ubud. Well. Uh, we are two crazy creative persons. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> you know, Megan come from New York. You know, she going to the UN school. She, so she already so familiar with kind of multi-race relationship mm. from the beginning of her age. And then I'm here, I'm i grew up in Bali. Grew up, up in Ubud. I grew up in Ubud. Mm. Uh, no shoes, no Aspal Road, only one Aspal Road. Ubud me mm. is the only one where I was born. And then the rest of them are just basically dirt road hanuman street back then where i was growing up it just like only a dirt road hmm. and then there's no electricity but i grew up in such a great you know opportunity because my background my family especially from my mom's side they are vip people in the village so her, her grandfather is, is the one who built monkey forest temple you see the way it is right now wow so he's leading the village and then from him you got nine sons, one of those and my grandfather. They are like all basically very talented as far as spiritual, culture, art, all of that. So that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And that does give me experience about being creative on the local ways. Mm-hmm. So I used to, I, I built with my family, I built and tower for cremation. You know, my, I would, I would thought like, oh, you always build this, no money. We got treat. we got smile. We got a lot of coffee, we got a lot of food but for us it's better building someone else's cremation tower than they build it for us mm-hmm. so you know that's our offering we give that uh, that's that's yeah. how our was practiced. and then meet with meg multicultural relationship again you know she have a western point of view i mm. have my balinese point of view and we live here kind of in an international area where people mm. from all over the world is meeting here which is a really great thing and mm. that nutrition what whatever we did so first we create cafe and then we traveling around we send boxes we send boxes to uh, san francisco to seattle to portland and we send boxes also to alaska we go there pick it up and sell it and so i go to alaska stay there for three months i go to portland stay there i go to seattle stay there and spend all of the money and then we come home broke again mm. and uh, we start, we start. so money is never really for us you know never really stop us of doing something Money is the result of what we do. It's not the beginning of what we're we trying mm. to do. There's a clip. Yeah, that's a clip.
1: That's really inspiring to hear. One of the things that I've been speaking to in my own life a lot is purpose is about just being in your bliss, like making sure you're loving what you're doing. And if you're loving what that's you're doing. That's the most important thing. And I think that there's something so special about the fact that like you guys ran out of money and you're like,
3: okay, another cycle. Oh, we, don't get me wrong. I love money. But it's not. Good. That's not the whole thing, you know. Like even when we started cafe, our first business. Well, up,
0: when did you start cafe? What year? Uh,
3: okay, let's just go back. Handicraft <laughs> business is going down because of economic crisis, yes. and then hit by the bomb, the tourism yeah. that. The only thing we have left is a warehouse of our handicraft businesses, mm-hmm. which is cafe right now. Okay, that used to be my warehouse. So the second floor, I used to work with uh, Petra from Farmaculture Institute, IDEP. So she's renting the second floor. And then behind that one, I have my my friend Lucy, late Lucy, who organizing Sumatran Orangutan Society. We give her a place to do that, to promote that one. Because for me, basically, that's that's a great opportunity for everybody to collaborate in one area, to Mm contribute. Because basically, if you share the same land, in the same sky, at the same spot, you basically share your life with everybody who live there. So not just benefiting out of it, the most important thing is how you contribute it
2: mm-hmm.
3: with whatever capacity you have. So we provided a space and then all the sudden, Megan was taking teacher training. As a yoga teacher? As a yoga teacher back then, as had to stop because of the volleyball. She told me that, sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost canceled the whole thing and then they have to delay it. And then uh, after that, we create cafe mm-hmm. with the money we didn't have with the workers, we can afford to hire. So we use our housemaid, our pembantu, to cook whatever we like to eat. So the first thing we sell was soup and salad.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We didn't have anything else. And upstairs the third floor, we have a lot. The size is about this size. And then we provide as a space as a yoga space. So people taking yoga upstairs on the third floor, and then the Permaculture Institute at the second floor, and then the ground floor is the restaurant. Who we trying from the beginning of it how we could encourage people to use a healthy food. Mm,
2: that's
1: I mean, what year was this?
3: 2004. 2004. So Ubud is not busy yet. It's not like no. we know it today. It was long walk if you walk from that Dirty Bebek Bengil Restaurant. Uh, the ryoshi where you right now all the way to totmak back then okay there's no restaurant Mm. when did you get electricity in ubud 1979 that's my birthday year (laughs) yeah 1978 we have the first black and white television okay wow yep that's why you guys
1: are so normal (laughs) well you know what like it's a little bit off topic but the pandemic that happened it's like the rest of the world is freaking out and is afraid. Well, Bali is like relaxed. There's a, a different energy here than what was on TV. And one of the things that people would say sometimes it's like because people aren't so clued into the news. They're not watching television. They're not so like married to the
3: media here. Uh, that's also good. But also the other thing I know that you know we believe with you know part of our life. It's the karma. The karma of life. You know, if shit happens, shit happen.
1: Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. stop it you just accept
3: it you know like what is the point to have a long life if you spend in the bed for the rest of your life mm-hmm. it would be good to have just little thing but great so if you have to go because of that that like, you have to go your contract mm-hmm. is up you have to go so but also the other thing that you know the community is so tight i never see this thing in the other side of the world now, i could be wrong but the places i went to and i see where we're talking about sp- spirit community spread. So during pandemic, on my block we gathered together. We use WhatsApp application. We get all of the numbers of our neighborhood. Because back then when, they, when we got COVID, nobody know what to do with it, how we heal people. They always said like, oh, you got COVID, you have to get isolated. They're taken away from the home or sometimes they have to be isolated in a house. So if one person in that house have COVID, the rest of the family have to stay home and we here, we're not nomad workers. We work physically to earn money day to day. They cannot go out. They cannot earn money. So then the neighborhood basically just, we, we get the net, okay. and so-and-so get competent in their family. They have to isolate it for one week. Everybody get together. We put rice. We put, nice. uh, you know, instant noodle. We got uh, <laughs> <laughs> our favorite, what, papayas. Yeah, whatever us. we get. So everybody yeah. can go. Got, yeah, so. That, that was make a difference, so we 're facing things together. you know we feel like we're not alone. There's only somebody next to you who care for you who will taking care of you. so the feeling the security feeling of that has make it a huge difference. Mm-hmm. when you know that you're scared that people are taking care of you and you're not alone, you're not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Right? in some ways, that kind of build you know uh, what you uh, believe in yourself, you know mm-hmm. I would never have that better experience. Mm-hmm. That's
1: really wonderful. I um, I wanted to ask you, we had a, a short conversation before we started shooting. And one of the questions that I asked you and you started and we stopped is the community and the service. Mm. And also like this conversation about like, are we Ubudian, the expats <laughs> or not? And, but truly, how can we become an integrated to be part of the community because the community feels like more than just a social atmosphere. It feels like there's a, a, a true connection to the land. There's a true connection to the area. Like even you mentioning SSS, there's no sun or like yeah. this. We're in Ubud. There's no there's no beach yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: And also to add to that, I've heard a lot of time, Ubud comes from Obad, which means medicine. So there's already that. I mean, it's been a healing place way before... Or it's come and do yoga here, or some kind of world chakra healing.
3: Yeah, it's uh, you know being community members. That's that's the term in Bali. Uh, basically, if we look through it, the original idea of being community members basically share things together. Share things together like a you, commune. It it is a commune. That's that's, word, that's how community. Bali Bali life is. Yeah. A community. So you live together there. You're not just you know you share the benefit of living over there, but also you share responsibility the work you have to do. So it doesn't really matter, you could stay there all of your life, but if you're not involved with it, you would never be obedient. You know, it's uh, basically in, in our Britain, our Gawig, which is the village law, the village adat law, there's a different kind of community members. Mm. We have one as Kramo Uwadan, which is the original Balinese people who live there mm. from their ancestors. So became the original members of it. And the reason why they're there, because in the long term, they decided to concord a piece of property where they share. Not share the property, but share responsibility how to take care of that property in and out. And if you be part of that, and then you give them the right. Right to live there, right to, to get the benefit out of it, and right to involve. And then also from there, and then you, you got a recognition.
2: Mm. so you not
3: hunt for your recognition from the beginning you do your work you you mm. you're doing your responsibility and people recognize you it's just like going to school you got diploma in the end of it what you call for mm-hmm. so the diploma is not just oh i've been living here for a long time i'm good now. yeah as i said earlier do you speak the language uh, t Sit Indonesia das- so function, yes. know, I think both should be I yeah. mean if you claim, who is the Ubudian? If people would relate Ubudian as is, is people who live in Ubud who, who born in Ubud So automatically you thinking about If you're talking about Australian, you're talking about Aboriginal If you're going to the United States, you're talking about American Indian Right? So when you're talking to about Ubud, Ubudian is the original Balinese Ubud people who live here for generation. They speak the Ubud language. They do the Ubud custom.
0: Is there an Ubud language that is no, different
3: No, I'm just Balinese? saying. <laughs> no, it's, just it's Balinese language. Yeah. <laughs> but related to what you said also, beside the commune idea basically, Ubud is part of the biggest journey of the Rishi markandeya Resi Markandaya, one is the highest priest come from Java, East Java, uh-huh. to Ubud. they so came here,
1: Yeah, and they took this culture and this this, this spirituality, this this no, high frequency.
3: Ubud Ubud back then, you know, like this is no Hinduism in Ubud. So this priest is bringing the Hinduism to Bali. They crossing, they come from the west, they crossing Champanripa, the bridge over here. And if you look down on the bridge at the other side of the bridge, there Pura Gunung Lebah. Uh-huh. That's the the first base camp of the priests when they came to Bali to spread the hinduism
0: where the rivers meet yes
3: that's like uh, in, the, in the Hindus believe where the river matching that's a great powerful place mm. so and then from there receiver kandya to north uh, to the village up here called payogan payogan the place where he was practicing his yoga mm. There's a temple called Pucak Yogan, the highest level of his yoga consciousness over there. And then from, from there, he go up to Taru. No, to Puakan. Next to Taru village, where the elephant wrecking is. Mm-hmm. So Puakan, Po the first place, the first forest he opened, Wak. He opened the forest to be settlement. And then he told his follower, next time to remember this place used to be the first place we opened. Let's call it Pua Kan Wakan. This is the first we opened the forest to be settlement. Mm-hmm. But, but then, he settle next to it Taru. It's come from word Taru, which is mean trees, which is forest. So they named the village Taru. Mm-hmm. And there's a temple there called uh, Puro Gunung Raung, which is basically a small temple, which dedicated to the bigger one in mm-hmm. East Java, where it's come mm-hmm. from. Yeah, so Ubud is, you know, became part of the biggest spiritual trip of very high priests who come to Bali. Mm. And Ubud also, you know, means Ubad, U-usada, Ubad. Bud, budi, in the international, uh, inner consciousness. So this combination created by the way it is. What is budi? Budi? Budi, that's like the, the inner. Like budi, that's inner, inner consciousness. Mm. Yeah. And Obad is medicine, yeah? Obad is medicine. But all of this, you know, like, uh, this is what I got from my families. Mm. I never go to school about that. But I grew up with them, you know, with a lot of coffee, tea, you know, talking while we making cremation towers and circumference, all of that, uh, passed down like this. My great, uh, my grandfather was a mass dancer who just played for the temple. He know a lot of story about Mahabharata, Ramayana, Mm. so just like the education going that way orally like the orally. conversation yeah and, and our mind was so strong because, because there's there's no written mm-hmm. we used to have a stone slot and we have to write with chalk white chalk so when we write it after that we have to memorize it to skip mm-hmm. it so it's always here not right now you know with permanent ink and you always could go back to your book again. but back then we didn't have that so the the, the mind uh, and the brain was stimulated a lot. Yeah, yeah you right. had to. It was like if you yeah. didn't no, memorize it, it, it was gone. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I have a curiosity because you talked a lot about like community. I'm very inspired how uh, the Balinese live in community and with the banjar system and how they support each other. Yeah. And I'd like to go a bit deeper on um, Lauren's question. I'm really interested. Um, well, first there's a little thing around gifting that I find is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You talked about having responsibility when your community. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you feel that Westerners sometimes have a bit of a, let's say, entitlement mentality where they feel they need to receive and be part of something without thinking, what do I give first? And that ties to a beautiful uh, tradition in the, Bani's culture that I think really helps you being happy and being in that community, which is the offering. So in Bali, people do a lot of offering. And I feel we've lost that a bit. So um, do you think, yeah, in the Western culture, we forgot a little bit the art of giving first and taking responsibility?
3: No, I think uh, from what I understand, it's completely different, you know, culture. Mm. You know, from here, basically, we put ourselves away Mm. on the last list is you're not recognized by what's your name. You're recognized by what you do. Mm. So in the West, from the beginning, you were taught what you want to be.
2: Yeah.
3: What you want to be. Like at kind a of much more personal, what you goal. Right now over here, the thing is basically, you just do things first, recognition would come later.
2: Mm.
3: So basically, you're giving yourself away from the beginning of it, and then as your offering. Mm. And then from that offering, and then you co- you got a recognition. Mm. But here in Bali, uh, basically, uh, there's a really great institution, organization, and also a great concept. You probably know this. You probably heard this over and over. Trihita Karana. So, you know, if if we want to talk about uh, its academic side, a formal one, so you have to harmonize with the God. You have to be harmonized with the human. We have to be harmonized with the nature. But I think we should turn this around into a global concept. Life only could be harmonize if you could equally treat it the three pillar aspect of life. Spirituality, humanity, and environment consciousness. Mm. So that's basically what it is, you know. Spirituality, you could be whatever you want to do. You could be Buddhist, you could be Muslim. That's, that's your own right. Nobody could tell you that you have to be Buddha or so to be Hindu. But the second one, the humanity that you really do live in a commune little community you have to taking care of each other's
2: mm-hmm.
3: when you're taking care of each other again that this, this feeling basically you would never feel like you live alone mm-hmm. so that's give you a lot of and good foundation to keep working with the others because by doing that then you the result is basically people who recognize you people would know you people would support what you do and then the last one international uh, the environmental consciousness basically how you care about what and physical world and we do have the three organizations in Bali which specifically will be dedicated to each of that if you go to the nature for example there's organization called Subak, the farmers organization basically taking care of all of the open land taking care of the natures. the second one you have the banjar mm. dedicated to human relationship from birth to death
0: I thought Subak was the irrigation
3: system. The irrigation system, not just that, but also they would be taking care of the spiritual aspect of it okay. and how it's related okay. to the community. And then the last one is Desa Adat, who's taking care of, you know, your spiritual thing.
2: Yeah.
3: So, if then we call ourselves Ubudian, you have to import with that, yeah. right? So. What do you do to the spirituality? What do you do to the humanity? What do you want to do, uh, environment in the frame Mm. of Bali, you know, Ubud organizations? So live in a village, become the village. You would never become the Ubudian. You always consider as a guest first because you know, your college is different. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's not racist thing. But then in our in our village law also it's written there, the original members and then you have guest members. Mm. Okay. Guest could be permanent, guest, could be temporary guest. So the expat will be long term guest. So, so then for that to be guest over there, you have responsibility. So you register yourself. If you really want to inform, you go to the banya. I live in here. I live with with the family so and so. I want to be you know, a uh, guest members of the community. Instead of just you, mm-hmm. are the tourist who's staying here, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to go a little bit deeper, go with the community. Then you report to your landlord, mm-hmm. whoever the owner of your villa, the owner of accommodation. Owner of you want to live here and just go a little bit deeper with it. Import the local activities, like to go to the banja, go to the ceremony. Go to the banja when you have. It's not really have to go there because there's a limitation. You could do as well okay. as a guest. So okay. at least you recognize. Yeah, but show you know, your respect, honor it, acknowledge it. No, so not just respect, but I think, you know, be part of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. If you decide that you are the community members, as mm-hmm. what we believe in Bali, that to be a community members, you're not sharing the happiness only. But you're also sharing the mm-hmm. sadness. That's why the Banjar call, organization for happy and sadness. Suka mm-hmm. duka. When you happy, you're there. As well as when you duka, when you sad, you're there. So from birth to death mm. somebody that okay you have to go there you have to wash the body you wash the body mm-hmm. you cannot call the funeral home
0: and, and if you had a wish that foreigners did more here in Ubud what would uh, it be Is learning the
3: language doing offering joining ceremony like wh- what step happens? one yeah I, I i believe so i believe so it's not just on our need but i think if we do want, if we do share the same land yeah you know that certain time a certain kind of thing we have to do yeah uh, that's red thread of the same activities we believe it doesn't really matter you could be muslim you could be hindus you could be Buddhist, for example you want to be with the spiritual mm-hmm. ones with a god yeah. you do your prayer
0: so let's say i come to Buddha and I, I, i'm like okay uh, i'm asking you kadek okay, like, what could i do to be giving to
3: Buddha? well for, for example, example just go and with your landlord you know, where you belong to and okay. ask them you know i want to stay here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just same way how you quite simple you come here first you have the BOA Rifle. Mm-hmm. you want to stay longer you got the kitas you got to stay more permanently you got the kitab and then you got citizenship so it's just as simple as that mm-hmm. you know like you you cannot call just because you live in Indonesia for a yeah. long time you call yourself Indonesian no
0: but I'm, I'm, you not, I'm not speaking what do you feel like bullies could do to learn more connect more with the culture and i the nature think here.
3: i think the simple one is to know about the culture itself okay mm-hmm. so okay how to go how to do things in the right way mm-hmm. like learn bahasa learn the bahasa because that's the key of it mm-hmm. i often <laughs> said to my friend you know like they said like Kadek. Your language, your English is really good. You know, if you want a good English language, you know, find a Western girl, then you would have good language. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you did that well. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago.
3: <laughs> long time ago. So, for example, if you speak the language and then simply, you know, you're not eating at the restaurant all the time. Mm. Every one time you go to local warren, okay. support the local community. Yeah. That was happening a lot during COVID. There's no restaurant open. People only live on neighborhood. The neighbor go, buy things from the neighbor, and then just, you know, sometimes even you cannot really offer anything naturally, but when there's something happening in the village, just show up, show your face, Mm. you know, be part of that. You know, what could I I do? do? You know, it's not always money. So, especially when we have a social work here, like ceremony, temple ceremony, cremation, money is the last one. You, we need hundreds of people there to carry the tower, to build the tower, you know, to make the food and all of that. Sharing the coffee and the cigarette and laugh together. Mm-hmm. You know, the joy is there. You know, it's uh, so when you get to know people, you know, there's there's no difference anymore between who you are. You, know, you embrace yourself. You can't kind of, you know, just give yourself away. And then when you give yourself away, people would accept that once without a question. So, if you're willing to do that, and people see that this person is so open to, we should be open to. Hmm. So, so when, when both sides could be open, there's no border. So, it's going to be much easier, you know, to talk about that. I always, every year I have at least about 300 volunteers to Bali Festival. Some of them, even I don't know, they still come, you know, being part of that because we want to not just to be a politics, but also they're more than just volunteers. So we're trying to engage them with the concept like what we're just talking about. So we have a lot of people come and repeating people come the same pace, you know. Like mm. <laughs> almost more than, than 50% percent, always the same, same, same person, person come to the- For the volunteers you're talking yeah. about. How much time
1: do we have? Because I'm just getting yeah. sucked into yeah. this <laughs> conversation.
3: That's
0: amazing. I mean, now we're at uh, 35 minutes, so we can keep going a little bit. Yeah.
1: I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about, well, first of all, I was going to say, talk to you about the pandemic and how that whole experience was for you, for the mm-hmm. business, personally. But one of the things before I get to it, what I want to ask is, because you mentioned initially about the first economic crisis that happened in 98, yep. and then the bombing that happened a few years later, yep. what, I, what I started to feel is that this is something that you guys have went through before. Like, like the way that you explained Megan had a teacher training and then <coughs> boom the teacher training's done yeah. you've experienced life stopping yeah so did you feel with the pandemic that you were
3: i mean ready for it like or you, or you had experience in that kind of realm nobody ready for that yeah. we thought it was just going to be about 3 months yeah. And, uh, and now it's just like already to Flat in the years. curve, flat yeah. in the curve. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. So, uh, yeah, we, we do live, live in the island which is internationally known as a tourist destination. Sometimes it's a really big challenge. Because, you know, for example, Gianyar District, for example, 62% of their income is depend on tourism.
2: 62%.
3: Mm. So, when there's no tourism, there's no money. Not just on the government level, as well also on the citizen level. So, we, we experience the crisis economy 98 we pass Balibon and then we have tsunami in Aceh. as a big tsunami they're affecting also globally also we have uh, we have after that Mon Agong eruption yeah mm. was like four, there was about a couple of years ago oh. uh, yeah and then we have the pandemic pandemic is the biggest one the rest of them are just like okay we get through it uh, what what is really interesting that Went through that crisis, you know, like on some way, we cannot just focus on our share. We just lose the money. You no, know, From earning 100% income, all of a sudden you drop down to 10%. Your expenses is still about 65%. You know, I got myself about 300 family I supported with all of my businesses. I have no income. So the first emergency funding we keep aside, gone in the first couple of four, four months, already gone. And... We both know that uh, our workers basically our biggest investment. We do train with them, they've been with them. They're still the original workers since i opened my first cup in 2004. My builders, I have the grandfather working for me in 1987. Mm -hmm. Now the grandchild is working for me. (laughs) So three generations. So it's not anymore to us, it's not anymore but employee and employer. It's about the big family, how we could support this. And this is just a big wake up call because yoga band is growing so fast. So we always catch up, you know, dealing with about the first time, maybe about a couple of fifties, 60 people. And then in the end, we have to deal with about 500 people a day. So we have to build every penny we have is go there. So we just maintain the cash flow. But when there's no cash in, no. so all of a sudden like, you basically just done so and then I'm not the boss of my business the, my accounting is the boss of my business <laughs> you know like ask them like what do you allow me to do <laughs> <laughs> so having two kids a wife and me and then we just it's very limited things we can do uh, luckily that we have a really good team again you know who understand about our businesses who've been with us for a long time who know about how much money they earn every time we just have an open thing and they decided, okay father, we just go through this one so from monthly wages we just decided to do average wage daily wages mm. and then whatever time we need them to come one day or two days that's that's what they paid for mm. and then the my office is open 24 hours for those i give them flexibility if you didn't earn enough money with us but there's side job you could do But I give you flexibility about whatever time you want to come to the office. Some people come at 6 o'clock. Some people come at 10 o'clock. Some people come at 11 o'clock in the night. Mm. So I just keep that flexibility. But it's it's true. But every moment of that, when you go down, you just know. I mean, I just know when you're on the bottom, there's no other ways to go. You have to go up. That's awesome. You go down. You cannot be down there. It's like a trampoline yeah just the tire always moving like this Yeah, that if if the light is moving like this you just have to speed it up if you stuck on the mud and being the bottom then you just slowly have to move up i'm going to ask you a question that you, that if you
1: were having this conversation with me at sayuri's my age no but <laughs> if you had this conversation if we were sitting in sayuri yeah. and i had this conversation with you i might say to you that's really amazing how is your heart during this time, what was it like to like, you tell such a beautiful story of ambition and of like, I won't stop, I'm gonna
3: keep going. But what was it like emotionally for you and your family to move through this? I think we given a privileged situation if we look at it, you know, giving, having a big responsibility when you know that, you know, that many people on your hand. And on some way it's for me, it's such a honor for both of us that we'll be able to do something for others so my heart I had a heart heart issues I got heart problem since 2005 Wow but uh, I didn't take medication you look good yeah you I didn't be- take no not anymore okay. I used I used to have insomnia I can't sleep and all of that I went from local hospital uh, specialist heart hospital in Jakarta I went to Singapore Mona Elizabeth, I went to Montsener's, uh, oh, not Montsener's, I went to, uh, what is it, Isor Hospital, I went to Bumangrat, I went to Samiti Hospital. So, in the end of it, like, God, you're sick in your head. <laughs> you're not sick mm. physically, but you're sick in your head. They asked me to change my life. So, they reduced the chemical, and I didn't use, I didn't use that anymore. Nice. And then, I just give myself back, you know, like, that's so long, that's so much you want to do, but there's such a limited time you have. Mm. So I just passed fifty, fifty-eight. So then you know the average life of Balinese people is eighty if you're lucky. Eighty? Yeah. It's so pink. this it's a is pretty deep. good
1: life uh, actually, right? For like I used to live in Russia, like fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs>
3: my dad, my dad uh, passed when he was eighty-one. That's okay. My great-grandfather was a record. He passed when I was twelve, and he was hundred and fifteen. See, that's and, amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: hundred and what? Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow. 115. Yeah. So we we going down but for me right now basically whatever you can do just do it you know like doesn't mm. the gods would never give you the challenge you cannot bear. Mm.
0: That's 115 that's a lot and actually uh, Lawrence <laughs> and I went some rabbit holes where looking at food and house I think we could probably live way longer than people. We're looking think. at 200 and like, 300 like, something like that. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. But tying up to the health and also to the environment like I'm so grateful for Bali in general. There's so many things I love. Yeah. There's a few things that sadden me a little bit. And two of the things one is health related. So that's interesting. You talked about the chemical. Mm. And the other one is uh, environmental. So, on the health, uh, so you talked about how the, um, we gather together around coffee and a cigarette, for example, yeah. and, then, and around rice. And, like rice, a lot of it is going to be genetically modified and sprayed with pesticides. We see that. And when I see that, it saddens me a lot, even though rice has become so much part of of the culture. So Mm. there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I want to be part of it. And I don't want to be part of it around coffee, cigarettes, and and pesticide rice. Mm. So I'm I'm interested, Like, what's your view on, and I'll go on the environment after, but on on the health, Like, what's your, your view on combining wanting to be part of the community, and at the same time, for myself, I have this body that I want to honor, so I, I, I want to have
3: time with, with the community, but mm. I don't want it mm. to
0: be around cigarette, coffee or, or rice, yeah. for example.
3: Well, in Bali, there's a concept called microcosmos and macrocosmos. Both of them have the same element, the five element. Microcosmos is here. Microcosmos is the universe. Mm. Whatever in here is a reflection, a little part of what out there. And that's what we believe in Bali. So in Bali, if we have temples around Bali, at least we have eight temples. Here inside yourself also you have temples. The heart is temple for Siva. Mm-hmm. The liver is temple Po Brahma. And the kidney is temple Po Mahadeva. So this is related to the temple in the west mm-hmm. side, temple in the east side. So basically, if you want to be healthy, you could start with yourself. And then how you could vibrate yourself and have this vibration go along the way with other people. If you find something, how you could live in the in the things uh, in the community which spray the chemical? Uh, I just I just did my small project. So from the beginning of my business cafe, I did search for the first three months. Simple thing I did. I count how many straw plastic I use. Mm. I got six big bag of it, about 300 a day. You know, I decided not to use plastic. So,
0: Matur Sukma. Mm-hmm.
3: And then yeah, it's you know, it's just it just gives me the reflection also about that people who come to Bali, especially now they're looking for healing. Healing also means good food. Good food means healthy food. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of our business we're trying to engage in the of how we could provide and be accountable for the surface and material we have. Mm-hmm. So when we, we build coffee, we buy from the organic sources. Very limited. It's not, not yet a big movement like that. nor food back then. And so slowly and heading out. And then I started a project in Padang Tagala about uh, 10 years ago, the Rumah Kompos. We, in at Monkey Forest parking lots, it became like the good uh, uh, waste management, basically for the pillage now as an example. And then we encouraging people in the community to defy their garbages. So we give them three package, uh, three boxes one for plastic, one for organic, and one for uh, what you call a composter. Mm. So people could learn about it. And then this is paid by the monkeys. At Monkey Forest, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it. So I have to negotiate in front of 760 families to spend 1.5 billion rupiah to build that facilities. So we're engaging the village law yeah. to be applied, to hold people to be in the same movement. But then in small local businesses, we're encouraging people how you could manifest this one in your smaller thing. So in our business, basically, I just start my farm about seven years ago. So in the morning, the garbage already divided. I bring my organic garbage to the place in Payangan. It's called the Yogis Garden. You could look at IG. So all of my organic garbage go over there, go to the free-range chicken. I have chicken, well, my chicken cage is about this much. I just dump it right there. Mm. Uh, I got about hundred chicken. I collect like about 50 eggs a day without giving them food. Wow. And then the waste of that, after that when I use it for mm. compost. And I have about two hectares up there. Mm. We could grow lettuces we could grow romaine, we could grow, uh, you know, like and uh, I grow whatever.
0: And, and do you feel that's a direction Bali is taking more or that it's going I more towards the chemicals?
3: It's not that, that direction. I think that's what we have to do. Yeah. You know, like, especially now, Bali is not, Ubud is not, as a healing center. Mm. You know, I think the movement, we all have to to do this. Yeah. You know, not competing together, but uh, basically how we could be complement
2: mm.
3: of each other. You know, if these people already doing this kind of things, we have to support them. Well, maybe we pay a little bit more, but then we got the idea. So, I think, uh, again, Either you could be the follower or you could be next sample. So for me, we choose with the capacity we have how we could start little thing. Mm. Maybe that will be vibrant.
1: It's, it's beautiful. I'm really proud of us that we have you on because oh, this is great. educational for myself. Yeah. But I know that it's educational for a lot of people. And I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I, I have two relationships with Megan. One is like I work a yoga barn mm. and I'm a friend of hers. But also my, my girlfriend, uh, Charlie Megan. say hello by the way. Thank you, I saw him today yes. and yes. yesterday, yes. I love you. Um, but also Jasmine, were, um, my, my lady, she owns Radiantly Alive. Mm-hmm. And the relationship that I've seen that Megan has always, 100% is she's always concerned about how is this project going to affect Ubud? Her heart is much bigger than her body. And she yeah <laughs> like she's always looking at the whole thing like how is it going to help Ubud? and when i spoke to jasmine who just walked out um she was also saying like during pandemic when her and her partner were looking at like how to like make things run megan would be helping and giving everybody and you were too
3: see see sometime uh you know i keep saying meg watch yourself hmm. because she's worn out she's like she would do whatever people ask for. People want to help, she just, without blinking her eyes, she do it. <laughs> so sometimes, like, Meg, why don't you just answer my workshop? But she answered the other people WhatsApp my <laughs> WhatsApp. Because yes. she just put, you know, like, she's basically in a term, yeah, we have the same idea. It's Money it's not the whole thing, you know. We didn't even know today how much money we have. Mm. We just know that we have still our workers. We know that the business is kind of running. But then, when it's come to that kind of thing, she's just really there no she, she she would have all of the time to taking care of other people
1: this is only the the micro like we're talking about the business and i see in this conversation with you that this is the way that you see ubud and bali in
3: general well for me i grew up in ubud i'm almost 60. you know if if this is the sun trip i am probably closer to sunset already i want to have a good sunset just hang out with us. Um, you're, you're, yeah, Just hang out with and, us. I'm, I'm
0: curious about Ubud with so much transformation. Um, do you feel like going from those little roads to now we go around and there's traffic jams and tourists everywhere? Mm. And and in a way it's great, but in a way it's like uh, okay, well it's like a bit congested. And how do how do the locals, local like like locals in general feel about? that transformation so bullets come there was like we spend money and there's development so there's nice things but also i guess some people might think oh wow they've totally transformed the city and now there's concrete everywhere and there's traffic jams yeah, yeah. how do locals
3: feel well uh, tourism is not really everything right it's just like sword with two sharp blades mm. so i'd say
0: both tourists short-term and also people like us who, who yeah like well
3: who, uh, the way, on some ways, I do feel sometimes I longing for Ubud as well, when I was as children. You long? I was, I'm longing for yeah. what Ubud look like and feel like mm. when I was a kid.
0: And, and I, I yeah. understand because there's a part of me that's thinking, do I want to stay in Ubud if it gets yeah. more and more touristy or busy?
3: Well, luckily for us, we have no choice like that. Mm. Do you want to get out of Ubud? No. You tie up with the community. When you live here as and you live with the community, you married mm-hmm. with the land, you married with your ancestors who have the temple behind your family, right? So this is also the 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 way, the different things. I was so frustrated during the COVID. There was a quote on the social media, Ubud is a ghost town now. You know, like a lot of people come to Ubud. First, those people who just simply come here because they want to see what Ubud look like. Which, by the way, from a
0: very selfish perspective of being here, was pretty amazing. And yeah, so, and yeah. It was good. well, on and, that and way, me way, too.
3: Yeah. I feel like I could go out without, you know, getting worried to get hit by a car or motorbike. Yeah. You know? it's, it's
0: great. And, and, and <laughs> time to the environment, also, there's a part of me during the pandemic that felt really sorry for the locals here who rely on tourism for economy. Yeah. But felt also kind of happy for Bali that he was oh, it was taking a bit of a rest from. Uh, some of the tourism that wasn't really good for the environment of
3: Bali yeah. Well, one thing sometimes it's like disturbing to me, basically. I think if we're gonna live in Ubud, it won't do something for Ubud. Ubud right now not just belong to the local, that's not mm-hmm. what I would say. Ubud will be belong to those who want to live here, to those who love Ubud, mm-hmm. you know? What does that mean? We, we're gonna need to have our responsibility on some extent to keep that energy. Not just energy-wise, but also to keep the environment. So the look of Ubud right now already is not Ubud anymore. It's a new new thing. It's a new thing. That's concrete. All of our places. It's almost like before always bengang, which is empty space, pillage, Mm. empty space, pillage. Now there's no more empty spaces, shop, 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 right? And how do you feel about it? I feel sad about that. Honestly, I do feel oh sad about it because I feel like, you know, this, this, this joy, the memory, a great memory when I have a child right now, my kid cannot deserve that. So when, when we in Ubud, I think at least, you know, you want to build something, okay, build something, but at least, you know, so that's also, it's still in Ubud. It's not somewhere. Mm. So it's still like, where is it? Oh, it's in Ubud. Why is it like that? Because it's in Ubud. And uh, for well, example, well, okay. this is, I didn't really go down south for a long time. Last week was the first time I go to Jimaran. That's because I got invitation. I never well, go there. Uluwatu, I only know about three weeks ago when Megan <laughs> take me down there. Three weeks ago. Well, I never know Uluwatu. It's building everywhere. Being in Beach, I know once. Are you I, guys opening a business in Uluwatu? Is that why she I took know, you there? Megan just go there a lot because she, she liked the scenes. She, uh, yeah. Our teenagers also go there a lot. And then uh, you know, like I didn't go to Kuta anymore. Mm. You know, if you ask me about beach walk, I didn't really know beach walk. Hard Rock Cafe, I don't know. (laughs) We also don't know about this place. Is there
0: anything we can do, both locals and let's say expats who like more nature, less concrete, to try and preserve Ubudian from, like Ubud from. Going too crazy, which all I would, I would, I would say, I would say,
3: less bungalow in the rice field. <laughs> <laughs> less bungalow in the rice field. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is this is what we have in Bali. Hmm. In 1985, we just boom with tourism. Backpacker hmm. in Ubud, 1985. Yeah. I know because I remember back then there's not enough room available. That some of those backpacker have hmm. to to stay spend a night at the community yeah. hall. Because arriving in the night with BEMO, the local transportation from that person, there's no way to go. So they have no choice They live there. Mm-hmm. And then back uh, back then also my dad generation, for example, he's the only person in the house. So he owned the compound by himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now from my dad, I got two brothers. So three of us. Yeah. So the one compound which used to be belong to one person, one family, now became to the three family. So not all of us doing well. Mm-hmm. The tension already happening. Smaller space economic pressure, all of that. We're lucky if we have rice field, we go to rice yeah. field, we build, right? Sometimes build more because we need extra room to make money. So the tension already there, it's not just uh, the building, it's basically happening because of the local needed, as well as also we needed more facilities to accommodate all of the, the guests who come over here. So I think right now, what do we can do? I think we just have to work together it doesn't really matter where you're from but with you come here and we live here both as a local as a guest mm. we're just gonna need to do something about it.
2: Mm.
3: you know be more not taking things for granted mm. you know if you we only need like one room one bedroom we could <laughs> have one bedroom and we have we could share you know a swimming pool we could share. it yeah. doesn't really need like one pillar one swimming pool and one big toilet and all of that stuff you know so Bali is very limited space limited natural resources limited I think yeah I I don't know I just like chicken and eggs you know where to end and where to start Mm. we don't know but I think if we bought just holding hand bought the gas and the local members could be holding hand really trying to find things yeah and I remember once when we trying to buy land to be the parking lot at Monkey Forest right now I just happened to be one of the committee I was so loud, people commenting like, you're turning the rice field to be a forest, uh, to be a, a concrete building, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I said like, no, we're not. Because the, the monkeys is growing. We needed more space for the monkey. And then the cost of it, we need to, plan, uh, to plant uh, trees. So I'm costing it out. Mm-hmm. If anybody out there who want to invest, instead of just criticize about it, give us a way out. The way out is spend $200 mm-hmm. on your name. You got one meter sna- uh, land. On your name and you have trees on it and the village could own it as a community things but your things gonna be there so this is maybe one of those ways you know how we could Mm -hmm. keep uber this green one now i'm really worried about this the bukit Chinta behind the Champan temple Uh the love hill yeah that's the only green area we have
1: that's all that's left
3: yeah so how long is that gonna last Mm -hmm. I mean can we just hold it
1: onto it? Can we like say this is like a preserved
3: land? You can. What about the owner of the land who have to make money, who have made a living? Mm-hmm. So it's just like you know, what we could do over there, so those people also we could keep it. Yeah. And then we could have like maybe international forest for example. Those people have no access, mm-hmm. buy it, funding it. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's like so. So interesting. There's so many things I want to think, oh, <laughs> and I know we're running a bit out of time. So awesome. I'll give you an opportunity, Lawrence, to to close. I just wanna, I just wanna first acknowledge you and thank you so much for thank for you. sharing that. I feel, thank you. I feel, I'm learning so much and really love the the connection. Um, one thing I wanted to add also we were at <coughs> Bali Spirit Festival. Mm. Uh, well, Yoga one, and there was a tea. From Dragon Tea Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I there don't was know present. what's the plan, but I'm really wishing that there'll be a Dragon Tea Temple, a tea house suit. So well, Megan will be
3: here soon. Hmm? Megan will be here soon, so you could mm. talk to her. Okay. <laughs> I'm just building the site. But <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say thank you so much for this. It's, it's really great. And um, yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, such a privilege mm. to and, be able And, to and see that's amazing.
0: That. And another <coughs> thing during the pandemic, <coughs> even though it, it was hard, yoga bands stayed open, and while a lot of the world was in fear, we could. Stay doing our and that was very beautiful. So we
3: are like the that. first one who did vaccine for 225 of my workers. Okay, because <laughs> I, I know some people disagree with it, but I know that the but you condition
1: took care, you took care of the people and you made them feel safe. Yeah, uh,
3: that's no, what you're that's speaking to. Because I know if we need to be open, that will be condition from the government. Mm, right. Yeah. Besides, also we could protect some people. Yeah. You know, away from other people. Just believe it. That that's you know. i'm trying to accommodate that
1: but thank you i really appreciate that and i and i want to. i want you to know also as we finish and i close and i say thank you to you guys for paying attention and being here with us Mm. is that this is a humbling experience for myself and i'm sure for alex too because we have we have these episodes where we do everything we can to make them interesting and funny and a lot of times it opens up all kinds of cans of worms for us to have to answer but um this is a beautiful <laughs> space, and I want to also thank you for you just being you. Because I always see you at the yoga barn building away, <laughs> and you're always you always have time for me. So thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna close the episode. Yes, oh,
3: before I close the episode. Before you close the episode, i oh. want to
0: say that you, uh, um, oh, you've been serving
3: tea so well. Like, One thing I would you. say, thank if you didn't mind, mm-hmm. the next Bali Spirit Festival, yeah, May fourth to seventh. Okay, May 4th to 7th. We are promoting What's that. For the date? Yeah, that's 2023.
1: What you need to do right now as tradition of okay. the show is you need to slurp this as loud as you can. I'll show you how, I'll do it. I'll do a little demo. I've done better before. Thank you so much. Please ah. remember to subscribe YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like, share, Spotify, all the stuff. Thank you so much. We'll be back with another episode real soon. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, my man, Dec. Thank you. Om Shanti Shanti.
3: Shanti Shanti shanti, Om. Thank
1: you. That's a wrap.